0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm JW. And today we'll be recapping week 17 in the NFL. So let's start with one of the biggest stories of this week. In the Buccaneers versus Jets game, which the Bucs ended up winning, Antonio Brown left the game in the middle of the third quarter in one of the strangest scenes you will ever see in the NFL um after the game Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians said that Antonio Brown was no longer a member of the Bucks. and again this is one of the strangest things I've ever seen what was your reaction to it
1: I mean this is just so weird because apparently like according to coaches and players they were telling him to go into the game and it's not like he was hurt or anything where like he'd get injured more if he went in And it just confuses me because I've never seen a football player ever when the coach says, like, go into the game now, be like, no, I don't want to go in. Like, what? And then he walks off the field afterwards, like, throwing his stuff into the stands. It's just so weird.
0: Yeah. And also, he was also in play for some major bonuses. I believe if he had, like, a couple more receptions and, like, 20 more yards and one more touchdown, he would have gotten a million dollars in bonuses. So, like, I'm just so confused. Like, what is Antonio Brown doing? Why why does every single time that things are looking up for him, he just manages to like screw it up? Like, first, um, how he left Pittsburgh, I think it was terrible. He made it cost a ton of drama, and I don't think the Steelers have been able to recover ever since. And then he goes to the Raiders, and there's the whole helmet gate controversy and like all the crazy stuff that happened on Hard Knocks where he just like wanted to have a yeah, certain he a helmet.
1: Foot,
0: like- he had the frozen, yeah. And then he goes to the Patriots and everyone's, and like, you're like, well, he's going to succeed because he has Tom Brady. And then he has the sexual assault allegations. He's out of the league for a year and a half. He goes to the Bucks, wins the Super Bowl. Everything's looking great. And now all of a sudden it turns out he faked his vaccination card. And then he comes back. And then this happens. I mean, honestly, I think something is wrong with Antonio Brown. I'm like, I think he needs to see some mental health experts, make sure that he's all right, because the way he's acting is just completely inappropriate. And just the way he's like respond. like Bruce Arians and Tom Brady gave him a second chance and they were the only team that gave him a second chance. And to completely throw that away, it kind of like, it's really disrespectful to them because they didn't have to sign him. They didn't have to implement them into their team. So, really, just a terrible move by Antonio Brown. Hey,
1: look, all I'm saying, when he left Pittsburgh, he said Big Ben wasn't going to be that good without him. Look how Big Ben's doing. He said John Gruden was a bad guy. Look how John Gruden's career has turned out. So, maybe he knows something we don't, but I think he he's a bit, a bit crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So another one of the biggest stories of Week 17 was the Bengals beating the Chiefs and clinching their first AFC North title since 2015. And in the first half, it looked like the Chiefs were going to run away with this game. They scored on basically every single one of their first half drives. The, The Chiefs offense looked unstoppable. But then in the second half, the Bengals defense really stepped it up held the Chiefs to only a field goal in the second half. And then the Bengals' offense also played really well. Jamar Chase had a huge day, 11 receptions, 266 yards, and three touchdowns, which I believe is the most yards ever by a, uh, by a rookie wide receiver in NFL history in a single game. And then Joe Burrow also had a crazy game, almost, 200, almost 450 yards, and became the first quarterback in NFL history, to ever have back-to-back games with over 400 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So do you think the Bengals are for real and can make a real playoff push?
1: Yeah, the Bengals are certainly for real. I mean, they've got the quarterback, Joe Burrow. They got weapons, you know, a little bit shaky on the O-line. They had four sacks in the last game. But their defense is super strong, and they did all that holding them to just three points with no interceptions and no sacks in the against the Chiefs, which to hold them to three points and a half with no sacks and no interceptions is just crazy. They're just playing stout defense, getting stops, and forcing them to punt the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the Bengals are for real. My only concern about them is their lack of experience. Because, obviously, Zach Taylor, I don't think he's a great coach. He, I think he's a solid coach, but not anything too special. And he's never been in any playoff situations. Joe Burrow won a national championship, but the NFL playoffs are something entirely different. And then the entire team itself has really never been in the playoffs because it's the first time the Bengals make the playoffs in six years. So I would be concerned about that. But on the bright side, they have, as you mentioned, that really good defense and an extremely explosive offense. I believe that if Tyler Boyd gets 100 yards in the last game, the Bengals will have three 1,000-yard receivers, which is just crazy. And they also have Joe Mixon, who's a really elite running back. So I think the offense is really good. The defense is really good. But I am still a little concerned about the coaching and the experience of this team. Now let's talk about the other team in that game, the Kansas City Chiefs. They were on an eight game win streak, and that streak was snapped this week. And I think one of the most concerning things from my perspective was how Jamar Chase was just able to torch them for so many yards. Because we know that um, Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense can score a lot. But I think one of the concerns that may have propped up because of this week is whether they'll be able to hold, their defense will be able to hold anyone to a few points. Are you concerned about the Chiefs' defense?
1: I mean, there's a little bit of concern, obviously, but they still have a solid defense. They've got decent players like Kyron Matthew and Chris Jones on that team. Some veterans who've been in the playoffs before. So while their defense isn't like amazing, I I think they're they're going to keep games close and let their offense do the talking.
0: Yeah. And then another one of the early week games in Week 17 was Rams against Ravens. The Rams barely won with a late Odell Beckham touchdown. Uh, They beat the Ravens by a score of 20-19. to But one of the things that was really interesting about this game was that Matt Stafford did not play particularly well. He threw a pick-six early on in the game, and he now leads the league in pick-sixes. And I think the Rams really need to be concerned about Matt Stafford because he's obviously extremely talented. He's posted big numbers this year. But at the same time, he's shown that in certain moments, he's very mistake prone. And um, I think that could be a cause for concern in the playoffs because I don't know if against the Packers or against the Buccaneers or against the Cardinals or any of the other great teams in the NFC, the Rams can afford to have him throw a pick six and all of a sudden they're trailing, especially if they have to go on the road somewhere like Green Bay where we know the Packers don't have to make many mistakes. So I think it's, it's it might be a real problem for the Rams if Matt Stafford can't get it sorted out. But I guess on the bright side, they did come back to win that game. I don't know, do you, do you think Matt Stafford is ready to be a playoff
1: quarterback? I mean, I think if he has a good day, like his his best, he can hang in there with any offense uh, that he faces in the playoffs. But if he's having an off night, which he seems to be having a lot of those this year, he's just had some games where he's, you know, thrown some interceptions, just not gotten the amount of yards that offense with like amazing wide receivers like Cooper Cup obj should be getting so if he has an off night it's pretty much all but over for him in the playoffs Uh, but if he's on he can hang in there with anyone so
0: yeah i mean another thing about matt stafford i will give him credit for this is that if cooper cup breaks calvin johnson's receiving yards record or even gets close to it both receivers with the most yards in a single season in nfl history will have come from Matt Stafford. So, obviously, the talent is there. He has the ability to put up big numbers, but there's still question marks about whether he can perform well against the good teams and, against in, in big moments like in the playoffs. Now, another one of the big games this week was Cardinals against Cowboys. The Cardinals, after having lost three games in a row, Bounce back and beat the Cowboys in Dallas by a score of 25 to 22. And I guess my question for you is, does, do you think this means the Cardinals are back on track and can be a legit playoff team moving forward?
1: Yeah, I think the, the Cardinals are back on track. You know, it was tough losing those three games when they're competing to uh, to win the NFC West. And now they're kind of
0: they need a lot of things
1: to go right for them to win the NFC West, but they're still easily the best wild card team there is in the NFC. And they they can beat anyone. They have the offense. Kyler Murray, he's explosive, can stick with anyone, and they have a great defense with JJ Watts. So I think that they're back on track. They can definitely make some moves in the playoffs, look for a Super Bowl.
0: So even though I agree with you that this was a good week for the Cardinals and Kyler Murray played well. I am still really concerned about them because over the past few years, we've seen a trend develop with the Cardinals where at the start of the year, they play really well. They win a lot of games and then around halfway through the season, the wheels start to fall off. And before this game, they had lost four out of their last six. I believe they had lost three in a row and it wasn't looking good at all. And I think one of the reasons for this is that, Kyler Murray is a really small quarterback. And this is important because that means he is more prone to get worn down as the season goes along. His body maybe isn't built to sustain hits over 16, 17 weeks now. So as the season progresses, he kind of regresses every single year. Even though they did win this week, I'm so concerned about them. And beyond just Kyler Murray's struggles, They also have had a lot of injuries. I mean, losing DeAndre Hopkins has been huge. J.J. Watt was a huge loss on the defensive side of the ball, especially stopping the run game. So even though, yeah, they're still explosive and they still have a lot of talent, I don't know if they're really as good as the other top teams in the NFC, like the Bucs or the Packers. But moving on, Another one of the marquee matchups this week was supposed to be the Packers against the Vikings. Unfortunately, Kirk Cousins got COVID and Sean Mannion had to start instead of him. And the Packers absolutely destroyed the Vikings. They clinched the number one seed in the NFC. Do you think anyone can stop the Packers at this point?
1: Yeah, I think the Packers can stop themselves if they start making stupid mistakes. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, like, did this Packers team really believe in him? There's been tons of talk, like, the immunization previous in the season. He's just, like, not, like, really been fully with this team. And that can really affect them in the playoffs when they're going up against other top-tier, high-caliber teams. So really the only people I see stopping the Packers are themselves because they can beat any team in the NFC.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. The Packers are obviously a really good team. But we've seen for the past three years now that in the regular season, they're really good. I am still really concerned about them in the playoffs, though, because even though the Packers win a lot of games, a lot of those games are against the NFC North which has for a while now been one of the worst divisions. And this game proved that. I mean, the Vikings are supposed to be one of the better teams in the NFC North and are supposed to challenge for the division every year. And yet they were no match for for the Packers, even though they didn't have their starting quarterback. So, yes, the Packers are great. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. He's probably going to win MVP. Devontae Adams is a superstar receiver. The Packers' defense is really underrated, and I think the unsung heroes of this team. But I'm still wondering whether if Tom Brady comes, can they they really live up to the big moments and beat the Buccaneers or beat the Rams or beat the Cowboys or beat some of these other teams, or are they going to underperform like they do every year?
1: One more thing on that game. It just was so confusing what Minnesota is doing. They drafted a quarterback in the second round, Kellen Mond, into the second round. And they their starting quarterback gets hurt. And instead of putting in their young guy, see how he performs, they put in Sean Manion, like a veteran, like journeyman, who I, I literally never heard of him. Instead of the QB they drafted in the second round from Texas A&M, Kellen Mond, like. And, and I cannot but like what is going on with the Vikings?
0: I just think that speaks to how incompetent they are. I mean, I know everyone likes Coach Mike Zimmer and thinks he's a solid coach, but at some point with the talent that he has, he has to start showing results. and he just he just makes really bad decisions very often. And speaking of incompetent teams, we've talked about some of the better teams. Let's now focus on some of the worst teams in the NFL starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And specifically, I want to talk about Trevor Lawrence because he has really had an abysmal rookie year, even considering that he's been on one of the worst teams. I mean, before this week against the Patriots, he had only thrown one touchdown pass since October, and he almost has twice as many interceptions as touchdowns. Do you think it's too early to consider Trevor Lawrence a bust?
1: Yeah, of course it's too early. I mean, his coach gets fired after 13 games. If after next season he still hasn't shown any improvement at all, then you could kind of start getting into talks about, like, is he a bust? Was he a wasted pick? You know, obviously we've seen that Mac Jones has been very good, and he was taken in the late first round instead of, you know, 1-1 like Trevor Lawrence. But it's, it's way too early to judge him right now.
0: So I've had to disagree. I don't think it's way too early to judge him because as we've seen over the past few years, it's really easy to identify whether a young quarterback is really good or just average. I mean, think about quarterbacks like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, who are drafted onto really bad teams. And yet from week one, from what their first few games, you could immediately tell this guy's special. This guy has that it factor. This guy is going to be a great talent in the NFL. And sure, Trevor Lawrence may be on one of the worst teams in NFL history. They're a clown show for sure. And as you said, Urban Meyer got fired after only 13 games. But at the same time, I haven't really seen anything that makes me go, wow, there's a lot of talent there, but the Jaguars are the ones that are holding him back. And personally... I was never really that high on Trevor Lawrence anyway. I thought that he was a Ben he really benefited from how much talent Clemson had in comparison to the rest of the ACC. So I think we might not say he's already a bust, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars end up regretting making that pick. So now that we've talked about most of the games in week 17, Let's talk about the big game in week 18 on Sunday night football. The Raiders will be playing the chargers in a winner. Take all winner makes the playoff game. Who do you think is going to win this game?
1: Okay. I think the Raiders are going to win this game. They've been on a three game winning streak against some solid teams. The Broncos, the Colts, the Browns, two of them are going to be making the playoffs most likely. So I mean, these Raiders, they're on a roll. They're playing the Chargers. Chargers, not really on a roll, lost to the Houston Texans, who, I mean, let's be frank, they're terrible, and they got blown out by the Texans. So that's why I think the Raiders and Derek Carr pull this one out and make get them the, a spot in the playoffs.
0: So I'm going to pick the Chargers in this game, mostly because, as I've said multiple times, I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan I think he's really great, and I think he's going to perform extremely well in this game. I think he's going to live up to the pressure and not fold under the pressure. And ultimately, I just think the Chargers have a better overall roster over the Raiders. They proved it when they beat them earlier in the season. Sure, you can say they're inconsistent, but I think that they put their inconsistencies behind them in this game. Forget about that game against the Texans. Play more like they did this week against the Broncos, where they absolutely destroy the Broncos. And I think the Chargers win this game, make the playoffs, and can really make a playoff run as long as they stay consistent and Justin Herbert keeps playing like he's been playing for most of this season. All right, so that concludes this week's Into the Huddle podcast. Again, we'd like to thank you for listening and ask you to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast if you haven't done so already. And make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode.